Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. Here we help you win. It's a game of business and marketing, so you thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. My name is Adam Homey. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. Check out our website, www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com, and view our collection of episodes covering a breadth and depth of topic relevant to business creators just like you. Now, today's conversation is going to be very interesting. It's going to cover a number of different topics, search engine optimization, uh, getting ROI through strong SEO. We're going to probably touch on LinkedIn and chatbots and a couple other things that are very current in today's environment of business and marketing. And to guide us through some of that conversation and give us some of these insights, I have with us Rich Fong, who is the CEO of Blitz Drive. Let me tell you a little bit about Rich. Since its founding in 2007, his company, Bliss Drive, has worked with business owners to help them drive return on investment through strong search engine optimization. Having grown up watching his parents own and operate a restaurant, Rich brings a unique perspective to the SEO game. He understands the challenges facing small business owners, and he knows that SEO doesn't have to be a struggle. Together with his team at Bliss Drive, Rich focuses on helping clients <coughs> understand SEO or search engine optimization, working to expand market share and drive sales by outranking multi-billion dollar companies like Amazon, Walmart, and Staples. That'll make a great question. Rich Fong, come on in. The weather's fine. Hey, well, happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Fantastic. Now, by this point, a lot of our listeners may be leaning in. They may have a separate browser tab open. They're saying, what's this Bliss Drive and what's this Who's this Rich Fong guy? So they're binging the Yahoo out of the Googles as they duck, duck, go to gather this information. So what we'd like to do is take a quick step back where we dive into what's going on with search engine optimization and LinkedIn and chatbots and all these other things we're going to cover. And just tell us a little bit about your journey. I read off your official bio, but tell us about a little bit about the progress of what brought you to where you are today serving business creators from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. Yeah, sure. So Bliss Drive is a digital marketing agency. We focus on helping small businesses generate more leads, uh, more sales from online. So how I started from that was um, when I first graduated from college, I worked for a, a bank as a finance analyst. And, you know, I, I, I did some website building. I learned how to build some websites in college. And I kind of got – at the time, I was sick of my uh, my full-time job because I was traveling a whole lot. Uh, I was going to Milwaukee in the middle of winter, like, second time in, in a row, you know, for the second month. And that's where, where the signs like, hey, how can I, you know, how can I do something where I could be at home and, and just kind of work um, in that way, right, where I don't have to work corporate? Right. So um, I started building my own websites uh, and eventually got to where my uh, websites from the affiliate marketing that I was doing took off and I could essentially quit my job and not worry about income as much uh, to go ahead and, and start doing that. Right. So I started working on affiliate marketing for a couple of years and I found that, you know, even though I was making good money, it was kind of not as fulfilling because I was just sending traffic and monetizing it and sending it to big corporations, right? Like Amazon, et cetera. Um, so then I kind of started looking around and saw that some of my friends 
need help with their website. So I figured, okay, uh, let me show you, let me do some things, what I know. And, and you know, uh, 90 days later, I came back to them. I said, hey, how is the website performing? And uh, my friend was like, I don't know what you did, but in the last 90 days, I got more calls and sales uh, from the internet than I did the whole last year. So, oh, okay. You know, at that point, it was very fulfilling. It was very, you know, nice to hear that I, I was able to bring so much results for businesses. And I started looking at around at the digital marketing space and especially in the SEO space where um, a lot of them, they talk about search engine rankings and traffic and things like that, but they don't talk about conversions that much, right? So uh, where I came from more of an affiliate background where it, traffic doesn't matter. If you it can't monetize it, you can't convert it, convert the traffic into sales, uh, you're not going to make money, right? So uh, the way I look at websites with clients and prospects is like, how, how can we generate more leads? Uh, a, from your existing traffic, and B, how can we get more traffic that are going to become customers for you? So that's what we really focus on. Um, not only just, you know, getting yourself on good Google rankings, but also understanding your, your target audience and having the right message and going after the right uh, keywords uh, or terms that people are actually looking for when they're looking for your service, and then go ahead and, and lead them to action, which could be a phone call, a sales, or, you know, just a submission to, to inquire about the services. Right. And, you know, I've been in the online marketing game one way or another, mostly as a business creator running my own businesses since 2003. I was a quote-unquote marketing guy for a while. I had a web development firm for a while, and, you know, there have been a lot of conceptions about what SEO is, and I've argued in previous episodes of Business Creators Radio that we've moved beyond simply search engine optimization, and we've advanced, and may even be even moving beyond already, the concept of search engine marketing, where you're taking a proactive approach to utilizing the search engines to achieve the results like you create for your clients. So let's start with this whole thing, because I have a couple thoughts on this. People say they, sure. when they decide they want to go from being a solopreneur to having a leveraged team, they got to hire a bunch of people. They got to hire a webmaster, hire a social media person, hire a copywriter, hire an SEO person or an SEO company. And they oftentimes don't really have a flipping clue who to hire, how to hire, and what to look for. So in your estimation, is somebody who stands on with this sort of thing, what is a good checklist for people to consider for choosing the right search engine optimization company? Sure. So it, it really depends on where you are uh, in your business, right? So if you're, say you're a, a completely new startup and you're looking for SEO help, um, at that point you probably don't have a whole lot of budget to play with. Um, and any decent SEO companies will, you know, they'll need a, a decent amount of resource in order for them to execute on the SEO properly. Um, I wouldn't recommend going for like a $500 or anything like, you know, under a $1,000 SEO company because usually they don't do a whole lot. Like you can't, you just cannot do a whole lot with that. So uh, in those instances, I would try to learn a bit about the SEO uh, themselves and then, you know, it's essentially with SEO, it's on page and off page, right? So it's about your content, how you have your technicals on the content. So if you know how to do that, then you can, like, you don't need to do it yourself, but you can hire a technical and uh, SEO technician. Um, and then they could be 
all over the place, all over the world, right? And they could help you with the SEO, that portion of it. Um, and then you just need to know what to look for in that end. On the off-page side, so um, you could have, like, a really perfect on-page, and your competitor have, could have really perfect on-page. You could actually copy each other, right? So um, how is Google to know who to rank one above the other if everyone's have the same page where same content on the page, right? And and the way that Google actually ranks one above the other is through the authority of the website or the domain, okay? And that's established on the off-page portion. And that's where most of the SEO budget goes to is is how to build more links to your website, having other websites essentially talk about you and then link back to you, right? And every link is a little bit different. It's kind of like a vote. Um, obviously, a, a link, a vote from right. White House would be completely different than a mommy blog that's, you know, uh, just a month out, right? So we want to have high authority uh, backlinks coming back, and, and that's where a lot of the work comes to. But uh, a lot of these links are not that hard to get. You just got to know where to get it and, and essentially do the manual labor. If if you know where to get it, you can hire somebody uh, for a very affordable price uh, overseas or uh, within the United States. You could even hire like a college kid right, or a high school kid to say, hey, why don't you go ahead and uh, verify my Google, Apple, and Bean maps? All you have to do is go go there. They have very self, you know, they make the instructions very easy. Go ahead and verify myself, submit myself to the directories, uh, get myself list, listed on Better Business Bureau, get myself a, a, a social media account and have those accounts linked to me. See, You see how it's kind of easy? Those are not that hard, right? Like any business owner could do. Uh, but they just may not know the fact that they need to do that. Um, and then they may not know, like, uh, exactly in what sequence to do it at. So if they had the education to actually know what to do, um, then they could easily, like, have someone help them execute. The problem is when they don't know what to do and they assume that hiring someone who's, like, a low-budget, monthly-budget agency to help them do it, that they will have the right strategy in place where they may do the minimum for you, where you wouldn't even know what to check, and they may do nothing for you. And that's where uh, startups, you know, run into problems, and they say, oh, SEO doesn't work, or, you know, SEO is not effective uh, in that way. Yeah, and there are a number of things, and this is where, and this kind of goes back to one of the concepts that underpins all the teachings in my own book, Groundhog Days, an Event, Not a Business Strategy, the distinction between facts and truth. Facts are things that are undisputed. Uh, they are things that we can look at, we can prove, either scientifically or empirically or mathematically, or just because we can physically demonstrate that it exists. A truth is something that each of us sees through our own eyes based on our own, our, our own experiences, which is why I say there's no such thing as the truth. Now, let me move that over to search engine optimization, search engine marketing, and one of the scams I used to see out there that I think a lot of people have caught on to, but used to see a lot of this. And in many cases, the person who was paying for this would say, oh, you mean I'm still number one? Cool. Is they would, like let's say, hypothetically, you have somebody who's a social, who has a digital marketing company. So what the, the SEO company would do is they would find some tiny little town somewhere and optimize so that searches for, like, uh, let's say, Centralia, Pennsylvania, uh, digital marketing agency, Centralia, Pennsylvania, make you the number one digital marketing agency 
in Centralia, Pennsylvania. Now, never mind that a casual Google search will tell you that Centralia is a ghost town that has four residents left. I've been there myself. It really doesn't exist anymore. But the fact is, is there is a place called Centralia that um, is on the map, and uh, they rank the, the they rank the digital agency number one for digital marketing agency. And Centralia, they say, yes, I'm number one on Google. And people would actually see value in this, like, uh, you know, like paying fees to have things happen so they can have all those ads seen on logos on their website. So, if you said, you know, it's a matter of what you're, you know, it's a matter of what you're looking for. And I think I just wanted to bring up that example as a, an example of how this can be somewhat manipulated. But let's get a little bit into something that is important for all of us: is what considerations should we think about when we develop what's known as long tail SEO? Because to me, that's more important. Yeah, for sure. So uh, it, it's very much like what you you mean, right, with uh, long tail and someone saying, hey, you rank for a ghost town, right? And it is long tail. Uh, and that's why I, I mentioned in the beginning that, you know, rather than just focusing on rankings uh, or even traffic at that matter, but when you're ranking for something that doesn't have volume, you're not going to get traffic, right? So I really don't care about uh, rankings as much. I only care about uh, conversions. Uh, the business owner is going right. to feel it, like, Okay, you tell me I'm ranking for all these terms and all these, you know, uh, boondock towns and all whatnot, but I'm not getting many more calls or sales, so my ROI right. is not there. How can I justify this investment, right? So that's where we focus in on, like, okay, whatever we rank, we have to make sure that there's actually volume to it. Um, and, and obviously, if there's volume to it, you may not get a whole – if you're going for long tail, you not may not get a whole bunch of – uh, uh, high volume coming through, but it does build out to your more broader keywords, which has higher volumes. But uh, broader keywords may not be super relevant to you, right? So you may get more traffic, but they're not ready to buy. They're just coming through. They're bouncing out. So i rather sometimes get a um, longer tail keyword that has a higher buying intent, a hotter buying intent uh, to the service or the product, and that those that convert, and then the business owner really feel it. They're like, oh, okay, my, my sale has gone up. Um, and that's the real metrics that, you know, any SEO agency should really look at is, hey, how much can we improve their, their business? You know, not just ranking long tail or, you know, broad terms or, or more traffic. So right? it's just how much business can we get this, uh, this with SEO? Rich, you know, God gave me a face for radio. And I thank God because he was at least consistent, and he gave me a voice for radio as all as well. So this is an audio show, the Business Creators Radio Show, which means you don't get to see how I was out of my chair, dancing around the office, raising the roof as you said all that. <laughs> like, thank you, thank you for bifurcating yeah. that, and one of the most concise, easy to understand ways I've ever seen it done. Because when it really comes down to it. We engage in search engine optimization, search engine marketing, because we want people to get more. And this, this is another thing where we get into how we define terms. When I get up on stage, Rich, I, I speak on stages around the country, and I'm on webinars, and I'm on podcasts to guests all my all the time myself. If we get into discussing marketing, I will say that the last thing that you need or want 
in your business. Absolute last thing. In fact, if you have it, get rid of it. You do not want traffic to your website. And people lean in like, what? Did he just say the earth is flat? Uh-huh. Well, here's the, here's the issue. Traffic to your website, what's that? Traffic is the reason I work from a home office. I don't like traffic. And website, what's a website? Is that a sales letter? Is it a podcast site? Is it uh, is it a, like a catalog site? Is it the about page, the home page, the privacy policy, the webinar registration, the, the lead generator page? All these things can be websites, and all these things can be contained within a website. So I tell people that what you really want are visitors to your web pages who are pre-qualified, prepped, and pumped. So same thing, you take that same concept of getting more clicks to your web pages, and instead of calling your traffic to your website, I call visitors to your web pages, which to me is a matter of differentiation. And this actually leads to my next question. This is actually, and this is actually a question from a listener who thought you were going to be on the show and submitted this question in advance. Is in order to stand out in a crowded market where there are a lot of people that do the same thing I do, how can I differentiate myself above and beyond adding the name of my town? So, Rich, I'll give you an example. Like somebody who is at the digital marketing agency, uh, what are some steps that you have seen effective from your perspective to have them rise above the thousands of other digital marketing agencies that are out there? Believe me, I know 30 of them off the top of my head, and they're all excellent. So how do you stand out? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it's like to your point, you know, people really don't need more traffic. They just need more customers, right? So uh, you go yeah. to the hardware store, you don't buy a drill because you need a drill, you need a hole, right? And and how do we – so the hole is the customer for us, and how do we get more customers and, and kind of differentiate yourself online, right? Um, the easiest way I've seen it uh, to differentiate yourself online, and most competitors will not do this, is actually through video. Uh, if you go on most websites, 90% of websites out there still – uh, do not have any video of the owner, of the brand, of the people that's actually going to be servicing uh, the the product. We're servicing, you know, servicing them. Um, so having a video really differentiates you because they they say, oh, okay, say you're a plumber or or say you're you're digital marketing. They don't know who they're going to deal with. They don't, when they call, they don't know who is actually going to end up on the other line. Uh, but if they can see you on your video, they understand your philosophy, your mindset, your process before they even call you, that's going to close them right then and there before, you know, they just need to call you and just kind of set up the, the, the flow, right? Just like, okay, what do we need to do to kind of sign up? How do you do it? Look at my, my problem and let's go. Versus if you just had a, a web page with all words, they may take the time, but most, most of the content on most websites are not very personal they're they're just like oh you have this problem uh, this and that it's very generic uh, in a way um, so if we can make something more personal uh, with video to kind of speak with the customers your prospects that's going to convert uh, uh, very very well and I've seen that with my own you know in my own case as well you know I think that goes back to personality as well I've dealt in my consulting practice, I've dealt with some more corporate-type brands where the owner of the venture was very reticent about having their name on any of the communications. Like, they wanted all the emails uh, for the email marketing and such 
to go out in the company's name rather than uh, have any mention of them as the owner of the company. And I had to work on them for a while, but we managed to strike a nice balance between the company's brand and their own personal brand as the figurehead of that company and how those two things work together. Because when, we, uh, when they did the emails, uh, when they hosted webinars, and when the owner of this company went to conferences, events, and seminars, the fact that they were identified with that company helped the person viewing the company to feel a personal relationship with them, which helped to really benefit them in terms of getting clients and actually getting more attention to their business venture overall because it gave them something they could relate to. And with video, and maybe you can help me out with this real quick, like I, I have my smartphone in my hand right now, and I know there's a certain way you can put video on your website where, like, let's say, for instance, um, I, uh, like, let's say, for instance, I click on a website using my mobile browser, and that website has video on it. I hope I'm explaining this right. And then even if you close that browser, there'll still be a little thing at the top of your smartphone screen that says that there's a video on this page and you can watch it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I mean, uh, any video that you can present to somebody uh, that showcase a person and then just their personality, that's going to be super helpful, no matter what format, whether it's in YouTube or um, any other embeds. And, and, you know, as long as they see something exciting and they, they play it, uh, that's going to leave an impression with somebody rather than just the, the text of the, the words. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that's true, too. You know, another thing to bear in mind is uh, as of right now, Google is the number one search engine. And the number two search engine, of course, is YouTube, which is owned by Google. And a common search engine marketing practice I've seen is to use YouTube. And I, I've even, I mean, I'm not even an SEO guy, but just in terms of promoting some of my own stuff, I've managed to find my way under the front page of Google for certain search terms just by putting some yeah. videos up on YouTube. And I've actually yeah, found sure. some very high, very well-rated websites, you know, for Alexa just by putting a very optimized keyworded, you know, keyword description and title video on YouTube. Yeah, that's right. You make a good point. Like YouTube is owned by Google, so Google loves to rank their own assets, right? Um, so if you have videos, uh, put it in YouTube, put it on your own personal website, your, your company website, and, and who knows, depending on the topic you talk about, uh, YouTube may also rank your YouTube uh, your YouTube video directly on their search engine results. So all that works in your favor. Like just work with Google's ecosystem, and that's going to get you a lot more exposure. Right, right. Very good, very good. And I and I agree with that. So the next uh, question I have, and you know, we're almost halfway through here, but there are a few things I want to cover. Back in the day, back in the day when I had a different business. People asked me why I didn't really have much of a website. My business website was really a placeholder when you think about it. It had, you know, the basic about us and informational type pages. I wasn't even really blogging all that much. But I would say to people, I'm winning on the search engines in ways you can't see. And this will be a nice segue to the next part of our conversation, actually. Uh, mm -hmm. And when I explained, I said, Guys, do you know that LinkedIn is a search engine? And I was getting 
so many leads, so many conversations that turned into so many new client relationships because of the way I had my LinkedIn profile optimized. And I know that's another study that continues to evolve over time. People say they're tired of going on Facebook because all people want to, you know, do is bitch about politics and share pictures of cats. They, you know, they really want to be on here to talk business. I say, hey, come on over to LinkedIn. There's a business conversation going there. Or, oh, I don't care about Instagram. All that is is pictures of food and people with their ridiculous selfies. Hey, you want to talk business? Come over to LinkedIn. Uh, so tell us a bit about LinkedIn. Uh, you have some work with LinkedIn outreach marketing. I'd like to cover that. And also, yeah, just sure. some things we may need to consider using the LinkedIn search engine with some of the changes they made to it over the past couple of years. Yeah, so uh, as you might know, LinkedIn is, bar is owned right now by Microsoft, right? Uh, right. And since Microsoft took over, LinkedIn is kind of like Facebook back in early Facebook, like early 2000s, where, you know, however many fans you have on the fan page, you get instant reach to all of them, right, before they start limiting everything and, and make you, uh, you know, buy ads to do reach and boost and things like that. So with that said, like any followers, any connections you have when you post something is going to go right to them. And the cool thing is whenever they comment or like one of your posts, it goes out to their network as well. So it's super viral right now on LinkedIn. This is like, this is how it was, uh, how Facebook was like 10 years ago. So everyone who's in to like B2B, uh, if you're not taking advantage of LinkedIn, you're, you're probably going to regret it because it's, it's gonna, it's not going to be there forever. I'm sure they're going to, you know, as anything in the marketplace, it's going to change over time and, and become more restrictive. Uh, but for now, it's like a marketer's dream, a B2B marketer's dream. Um, to get on there and really kind of, you know, build a network uh, and then reach out to them with your information. All right. So for myself, I have about 15,000 connections right now. Um, my my strategy is typically connecting with uh, people in specific industries um, on a daily basis, right? We You use Sales Navigator and then you go ahead and connect with people. Um, once you connect with them, you have to do a kind of an outreach in terms of, you know, follow-up, right? Connection doesn't mean anything unless you follow up and actually make uh, a real personal connection on the phone or in person, right? So we have a cadence of uh, messaging them to kind of set up a, a quick meeting just to talk, right? It's because a connection doesn't mean a whole lot if we can't meet and actually understand what we're about and how there's a synergy or collaboration that we could uh, work on in the future. So, so that's my essential strategy, like very overview strategy on what I've been doing with LinkedIn. And on top of just, you know, putting out videos, putting out, uh, content so that my network can see what I'm doing. And every time I do that, I, I get leads like yourself. I get, you know, attention and people know that, oh, okay, I'm around and, uh, I'm, this is what I'm doing. And, uh, if it, you know, syncs up what they're doing, they're going to contact me because I, because of LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah, very, very, very important. So we hear so much about LinkedIn profile optimization and how you use the different sections of LinkedIn profile. Like every couple months, yeah. I tweak mine, trying to get more of what I'm looking for. So just uh, if you could give us any best practices you may be aware of at this time yeah. for what we really need to focus on on how to optimize our LinkedIn profile to make us turn up on certain key phrase searches. Yeah, I, I personally optimize LinkedIn for conversion. I, I don't optimize LinkedIn for, say, 
um, uh, optimization to show up on the results, et cetera. Because uh, I don't think a lot of people search that way, um, that much okay. LinkedIn, right? So in terms of conversion, what you want to look like is authority, number one, right? You, you are the expert in what you're doing. Uh, credibility, you have some videos of other, your past clients, testimonials, videos of that as well, right? And then uh, call to action where, you know, you, you showcase what you can help people uh, with and then offer them a, a direct place to go and, and kind of sign up and uh, schedule a time with you, et cetera. Uh, those are the three simple ways to just optimize yourself, having the right profile picture, having the right background picture. Um, they all help, right? And, and with those, you, you want to cater to more authority and then having, you know, having your own videos uh, to your network um, on a regular basis, right? And, and as people comment, like I said, as people comment on it or like it, it's going to spread out to the rest of, their ne- rest of your network. So you create a much uh, much bigger effect than just optimizing it for, for you know, their search results, um, which it, I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I appreciate when people add me, but I, I like who I want to go after more than anyone who does, who just want to add me. Does that make sense? That I mean, I go after specific, exactly. yeah, I go after business owners. I go after people who could potentially become my clients or refer me clients. Where if I, you know, I position myself as SEO, I, I make it a lot of other SEO guys who need, who wants me to hire them. Uh, so that's not really what I'm looking for. I, I'm looking. I'm using LinkedIn as a tool to kind of uh, do reconnaissance and do marketing for me, and I use it very strategically, just go, going after the market that I want. Right, right. And I and I just like to point out again that you've said a couple times in the course of our conversation that what you look to optimize for is conversion, and I think that gets so lost because people count their search engine results by well, how many visitors do I get? And, and what was my page rank for this, that, or the other thing? But you're looking at what's going to convert into business and whether that means modifying the long tail or how we target people on LinkedIn, how we attract people on LinkedIn, or the search engines in general is some ways more important. It's like when folks decide they want to guest on podcasts. And they set the goal of, oh, I only want to be on podcasts that have upwards of 50,000 monthly downloads. But, yeah, so what? Okay, so 50,000 monthly downloads. Uh, do you know that, you know who those 50,000 people are? Uh, is that like, that like all the 10 of them aren't bot downloads? Is this your market? Because I can tell you, I can tell you a thing or two about making money through podcasting. I made a lot of money through podcasting. And I'll be very candid with you, and I've shared this before. It's a lot of money, but it was a couple of really big deals. It wasn't a bunch of little things. It was a couple of really mm-hmm. big hits. But I got those through being persistently consistent about what kind of shows I was on, being willing to go to broader audience shows as well to build more buzz, but focusing on certain niches that I wanted to be seen in more. And so... I, you know, as the host of Business Creators Radio Show, where you and I are having this conversation right now, I've had people come to us, and they were represented by this uh, one public relations agency, where they fill out our application form, just like uh, you or your agent did to have you come on Business Creators Radio, and I'd review it, and like I did with you, I said, yes, let's have them on the show. 
then they would come back and say, all right, can you please send us your statistics on how many downloads you get and how many listeners you have because my client is very busy and blah, blah, blah. I said, no, I won't share anything. <laughs> because, if you're taking that, because if they're taking that approach, all they're going to do is waste my time and theirs. What I share with people all the time is you have one person when you're on a podcast, when you're guessing on a podcast, there is one person you need to be focused on more than anybody else. And Rich, in your case, you know who that is? That's me, the host. The reason I'm saying yeah. that is because your host is the one who's ultimately going to control the extent to which that episode gets featured. Is it going to be just another episode in your lineup, or is it going to be one of those handfuls that they just love to tell people about and they'll put into their promo republic or their Hootsuite or what have you, and or their, or their meet Edgar and just keep cycling over and over and over and over again? It's your host who can potentially introduce you to other people. It's your host who can become your client. You can become your host client. And your host yeah. is the only person you know for sure is going to listen to the whole time, listen to the show the whole time. So I would call that, in fact, I may actually start calling it podcasting for conversion. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a great point. Yeah. I mean, not saying like traffic is not important. A lot of people, there's a correlation, right, between traffic um and and sales but yeah you, you gotta you gotta think about the conversion more um and then once you think start thinking about the conversion then you will understand what type of traffic you're looking for it may not be as big of a number that you need right right so say like your your podcast you know what type of audience you have so you will find the right type of guests that would uh resonate the most with them and that will grow your your podcast organically etc uh so yeah that's a great point Right, very good, very good. So, yeah, so we can chat about that a little bit. So now let's move into, and I know this isn't exactly, exactly search engine optimization. We're going to come back to SEO in a few moments. But a little bit about these chatbots we keep hearing about, whether you're using ManyChat or whatever. So we're hearing more about these bots and this, this artificial intelligence conversation and things like that. So what are the benefits of automating through that? And in what way, if any, does this tie to your search engine optimization strategy? Yeah, so the way we're, you know, obviously, yeah, we're, we're hearing a lot about chatbots. We're hearing chatbots being used for on Facebook, social media, uh, on websites, et cetera. Um, so the way that we found most successful uh, use of chatbot is actually, um, it's not really what you think. Um, it's not actually having a real live conversation because, you know, you, we can't fake it right now. We can't fake it where, like, you, you pretend to be a person behind there, right? People know pretty quickly because a chatbot's response is, is too fast for any human to type back. So people know that it's a chatbot unless, it, you know, you, you there's a program out there that artificially makes it slower and they type different things, right? So it doesn't work like that. People know it's like an auto-response. Right essentially, right? So the best way we see that it works right now um, is also we use it for conversion. So um, in example, we have a, a client site um, and, they, and they have either uh, a pricing listed on their website. So we'll use a chatbot to say, hey, um, let's go ahead and remove the pricing from the website. Say that's like a dentist or something, right? Let's remove the pricing on the website right. and uh, uh, let's on the chatbot say, hey, would you like to you know, you're on, uh, say, dental implant. Would you like to understand uh, the pricing for dental implants 
uh, and then it pops up like a chat. So you're on this page, you're thinking about implants, and you don't see the pricing. Obviously, that's usually the, the biggest question, right? How much is it, right? So uh, they go ahead and say, yes, I, I, I would like to under know the price. And it's okay, great, I'll email it to you. What's your email? Okay, and then you type in your email. Okay, great. Uh, what's your name, by the way? Oh, okay. Uh, got got it, Henry. Right. And um, what's your number, just in case we we need a you know, uh, if you'd like to learn more, we can schedule a time or whatever. We're, we'll text you a coupon. All right. So so then they give you your phone number, uh, and that those information are immediately captured by the chatbot. And, and you saw you see how it's kind of different. It's not like uh, if you just put it on a web form. You, you couldn't have gotten all that information because they're like, oh, no, I don't want to fill all that stuff out. Uh, but right now, since it's on like a engaging chat system and it's asking for you to offer you something that you already are curious about, yeah, you're going to start engaging and, and kind of putting out your information. And by the time it gets it uh, to you through email, they already got your name, your email, and your phone number. And, and you see how that's important for, uh, say, a dental office to follow up on. Um, and it's all it, all went through on a chatbot. Well, right? you could set up a back-end right. system where the email actually engages with them and say, "Hey, um, uh, thanks for signing up. And you know, my name is uh, my name is John, and I'm I'm a sales associate for this uh, this office or this dental office. Um, you know, what were you looking for? What was the biggest thing you were looking for? And it looked like a personal email because it came from a different personal email from the dental office. And then when they start right. responding back to that, it will actually go to a live person. And that's where the conversation could start right away. Where they see that they are engaging, they could start calling them right away. Uh, you see how a chatbot could kind of turn into a uh, – it's kind of like a a guy just holding a sign. It's just automated. And once someone actually responds uh, like a live answer, then you can get a real person on uh, to close the deal. Yeah, if I could remind everybody to please be sure to subscribe to your favorite syndication network or Business Creative Radio Show is located, and go back and listen to and download this one again for what Rich just said. He just outlined for you exactly how to merge these two strategies together. It's absolutely brilliant. It's state-of-the-art in its simplicity, and it's something that pretty much anybody with some thought and imagination can implement. It's a exactly. very effective use mix of artificial intelligence with human conversation. So, because people will, if they see that they're having an ongoing conversation with something that's obviously a robot, I know myself, I'll start typing weird stuff just to test their algorithms to see what happens. Yeah. Like, I'll start, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, 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 start, I'll, start, I'll start typing dirty jokes and stuff to see if they laugh. I mean, but once you find your way through whatever conditional logic they've set up or how you're interaction is handled based on what type of response you give to a certain question or a certain inquiry, and they can direct that to a live person or direct that to a resource, then it becomes an authentic conversation. And it's really not a lot different than if you call your favorite cellular provider and you speak with customer service, and the issue that you deal with may or may not require somebody above the front line of customer service. Those people on the front line, they have scripts, they have step-by-steps to follow. They don't even really even have to know what they're talking about. They just have to be personable in many cases. And 70 to 80% of the inquiries can be successfully and happily resolved right there. Uh, so think of them as your chatbot. 
because in a way there is some robotization there in terms of the scripting, the everybody does it the same way, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When you have a highly specialized need that goes needs to go to another level, they can transfer you to another department. Think of that as now you've been engaged with the chatbots and they've directed you to the human being who can work with you directly or to the resource that can give you exactly what you need. Yeah, that's right. And, and think of it, the chatbot is never going to call in sick or never going to ask for a raise. So once you set that up, Correct. it's instantly always there for you. So, yeah, it's a, it's a very good conversion tool, and it's pretty unique right now that people will actually kind of engage just to see, like yourself, just to test it out. Oh, that's interesting. You know, they've never been asked uh, this information that way. They obviously, you know, websites always been asking people for their personal information, but they've never been asked by a chat bot, right? So they, the engagement right. is pretty good. Mm -hmm. Right, and there could be, I can understand some, trepidation about interacting with a chatbot. I mean, because, you know, there, there, there are some concerns about security and there are concerns about who are we really speaking with. And, you know, and I had a, and I had a bad experience myself once. So it's not exactly a horror story, but uh, somebody who uh, was actually, they were the owner of a company that, uh, that uh, I, I was asking them a simple question and they decided they wanted to, to jerk around with me. So as their own chatbot, they directed me to eat. They said, um, you know, that's a great question. What you really need to do is you need to email Dave. Um, he can help you with that. So they gave, so this bot gave me Dave's email address, and the bot was calling themselves Cindy, but it was actually Dave. And so I emailed huh. Dave, and then he responded. He said, as I told you on chat, I'm not interested. Don't contact me again. Uh. Like, uh Okay, I understand why you have 230 fans on your Facebook page and why you're under investigation mm. by the BBD, I subsequently discovered. But thanks. So you mm. hear stories like that, and you think, who are really behind these bots? But I would ask people to reconsider that when you are yeah. looking to maximize your profits through minimalism, automating through chatbots is one of the most effective ways to do it. Yeah, that's what I was saying is that, you know, you, you want to make sure that people know it, it is kind of a chatbot. It's not like some real person. We, uh, with these chatbots, typically people, if they try to fake it, they put a person's face on it, where we just put the corporate logo, and, and we have a blur that looks like, oh, okay, it's just a, a form, or it's just like a kind of a, a saying, right, that the corporation would say, hey, thanks for coming by, welcome, uh, we would love to offer you this and that. Um, what you like it type of deal. So they know, okay, this, this is kind of an automated thing. Um, but they're okay with it. You know, a lot of people are okay with it because they know, right. okay, this is part of the corporate, right, rather than trying to fake it. Yeah, that's when people go wrong is when they try to fake it and, and make it look like a real person, and it quickly derails because the human language is right now, like, AI is not complex enough to kind of handle all that, right? So, you know. Right, exactly. And, you know, I feel that, if, if you're dealing with somebody who's likely to become a good customer for you, they're going to understand that, in fact, they're going to appreciate the fact that you're using chatbots and you're using other automations to handle routine, everyday things. Because when they become your paying customer, they want you focusing on them, not answering the FAQs for 9,000 people who ring up your phone. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And they'll, they'll see the innovation in the business, right? They're like, oh, wow. 
you guys are using something that your competitor is not using. You guys must be very into your business. You're invested into your business, right? So it, it gives another kind of a, a value to what you guys offer. Right. Right, precisely. So here's, you know, so, you know finally, I mean, and, I, and, then, and people have said to me previously that I need to be more, quote, unquote, available and to people. And my answer is I don't have to be available to anybody at all. I'm not looking to be available. I'm looking to be accessible. So somebody who's not, who has not already given me money wants to speak on the telephone with me, I've actually made it pretty easy. Schedule with Adam.com. Go there. You can be literally anybody. You can book an appointment. They even ask you to type in and tell me briefly what you want to chat about so I can jump on the call ready to go. There's a 15-minute option and a 30-minute option, depending on what you need. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to give you a 1,000 of them, but you could be any random person on the street and schedule a call with me, and uh, I'll give you 15 minutes, so I'm pretty accessible. But folks are saying, well, you know, you don't give out your cell phone number, and people call your toll-free extension. They have a toll-free number. They have to press an extension and all that, and I say, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and I can tell you right now, my customers appreciate the fact that uh, most of the phone calls that come to me don't even reach me because they would be distractions from working for you. And they exactly. appreciate that. So there's a little bit of time left here, and there's one other thing that I myself, I don't think I completely understand. So this is part of the reason I wanted to have you on Business Creators Radio. And this is another thing um, about the value of podcasting is when you want to, quote, unquote, pick someone's brain or you see that somebody wants to be to speak with you and they have something that would be really valuable to you, never ask, hey, can I pick your brain or expect them to give up half their day to meet you for coffee for a half hour. Somebody comes to me, wants to pick my brain, I say, yeah, sure, that would be $500 for 30 minutes. Pick my brain all you want. Right. They'll say, uh, no. Yeah, so they'll say no. And I'll say, okay, well, all right, in that case, you go to podcast. They'll say, uh, yeah. All right, put me on your show. Uh, ask me the questions you want to ask. I'll give you the best answers I can. I'll give you some really good stuff your audience will appreciate. So you want to pick my brain? Show me some love in the form of uh, we're going to do an episode. You'll promote the hell out of it. And to me, that's fine. So, and that's yeah. really cool. Now I have to some coffee stuff. I'll drink coffee anyway. So, that being said, uh, one of the reasons I got real excited when Rich Fong of Bliss Drive showed up on my radar screen wanting to be on Business Creators Radio Show is because you, Rich, have this knowledge of this thing called account-based marketing. So, if you could just bifurcate for and clarify for our listeners what account-based marketing is, and why a great SEO strategy is important for account-based marketing. Yeah, so uh, account-based marketing is essentially understanding a, uh, a a corporation or a company that has multiple stakeholders in the, in the account, right? Um, understanding from all the way from the CEO to their VP to the director of marketing, et cetera. Um, and, and, and then going ahead and approaching them um, and approach them in, in the way that each of them would respond to or resonate with the marketing that you're sending them. So, for example, a CEO would not think about the same thing as a CFO or a COO, right? Um, and obviously right. you don't want to send the same message to each of them. Um, so if you could figure out what the account you're going after, what they're, what each of those positions are going after, and systematically just go after them, uh, targeting each one of the, the stakeholders within the account, 
with different messages and kind of cross-referencing, hey, I, I, I talked to your CFO, uh, we're, we're discussing this, want to see if we go ahead and set up a meeting, et cetera. Um, that essentially, uh, uh, on a foundation level, is what account-based marketing is, right? So knowing that, you can apply it in a couple of different ways. You could do that through code email outreach. You could do that through LinkedIn, social media, et cetera. Um, either way, you, you essentially don't, like most sales guys, they, they find one target and one account, um, and if that account says no, they're done. They, they move on to the next target. Where if you have like five targets in one account, right, five people that you need to kind of go after, and, and one person could be the influencer or the decision maker or uh, the champion within that account, um, then you may have a, a fighting chance where if you just get one no, you have to actually get, you know, majority, like four or five no's before you actually say, okay, that, that account is pretty much dead. Where if there's just one yes and they could champion you or that yes came from a, a higher up, a decision maker, then you win. Does that make sense? So you, you actually increase your yeah. odds when you approach accounts with account-based marketing. Right, right. I, okay, so yeah, so... One of the things I'm gathering from your explanation, and this should be common sense, but I see people miss it all the time, is they, is they want to speak with people in a company, and they're using something like LinkedIn to find out, okay, so who's the CEO, who's the CFO, who's the CIO, um, who's the director of marketing, who's the HR director, who's the director of training and development, and they have this boilerplate message. Like, I, have a, like, I own a podcasting agency, and do you know how many people message me asking me if I uh, if I have ever considered the value of podcasting? It's like huh. right there yeah. in my profile, you could have taken 45 seconds and you could have tailored that same question differently. And you could have asked questions like, what kind of guests are you looking for? Uh, what do you think makes a great guest? And do you have – and uh, are you looking for shows right now that are looking to book guests? We need guests. Or maybe a show comes to us and says, hey, we have so many guests going here right now. We just don't even have time to review the applications. Do you have a service that helps us review applications and vet people to be on the show? There's a lot of different ways you could open that conversation. It's like, um, it's like, uh, like Larry Wingett, uh, the, uh, the Pitbull Personal Development. He, has ranted about this so many times, and it's just so hilarious. He gets people who contact him on LinkedIn all the time asking, saying, hey, Larry, you know, you have all these great books like Grow a Pair and Your Kids Are Your Own Damn Fault and everything else. Have you ever thought that he's doing audiobooks? Meanwhile, he has audiobooks. I mean, and he just finds it hilarious that people didn't do, like, Bush League checking on him to find out that he does, in fact, have audio versions of his books. So when Larry and I connected on LinkedIn, I sent him a LinkedIn request, because I, I already knew him. And I said, Larry, I, I swear on all of this fully that once you accept my LinkedIn connection request and we're connected on LinkedIn, I may network with you, I may converse with you, I may ask you questions, but I will never offer to turn your books into audiobooks. And we had a good laugh over that. What <laughs> showed, this, you know, just showed you simply, situational awareness about who you're dealing with. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, obviously doing your homework on the account, on the company that you're going after is very important. And then even, you know, but there's similarities in terms of what a CEO 
their metrics, what's challenging them um, uh, across the board to what a marketing manager, what's their metrics or what's challenging them, and ask them the right questions based on that beyond just, you know, that way you can kind of scale a little bit outside of just doing the, the focus homework on one company, right? You can, you know, like a marketing manager should probably worry about like lead generation where a CEO is worrying more about top line revenue, right? Like, hey, how's my sales guys doing? How's my, how's everything going in terms of operations and what their vision is, where they want to move to, what markets they want to go into rather than thinking about, oh, I, I need to think about um, SEO. So you, you kind of want to, uh, approach them differently, but at the end of the day, you you kind of circle back to the same conversation, which is what what you all want to offer, right? Yeah, for sure. You, you definitely want to do your homework on that, right? Certainly, and I you know and I appreciate you taking the time to help us disambiguate these concepts and help us understand what account based marketing is. And I want to circle back once more and just make sure people really hear this for the third time because it is so important and it's so often missed is when you talk about, you know, you're rich, you talk about search engine optimization and search engine marketing and these types of optimizations based on keywords, key phrases, lengths of tails, and things like that, you're focused on doing it for conversion, not necessarily right. just bigger numbers, because ultimately we're looking for a return on investment, which is why we're driving return on investment through strong SEO, the title of our conversation here today. I would rather spend or invest money on search engine marketing to reach four people and all four of those people I do high ticket deals with versus reach 50,000 people and do one medium ticket deal with or 10 medium ticket deals with because when it comes to doing private consulting, less and bigger is more. That's right. Yeah. So it's just, depends on your business and and you know uh sometimes there's deep wells it's it's beneficial just to go deep um not so broad right because when you go broad you may not get the best outcome um if we want to think about the best outcome you want to think about like uh what that looks like for you and then going after that in terms of the google landscape uh of where the your real buyers are where your profitable buyers are for the services with the products that you actually want to offer Right, precisely. So we're pretty much at the end of our time here, and I really appreciate you coming to the Business Creators Radio Show and giving us a few moments. Now, I think you mentioned in the green room that you had a little something that you wanted our listeners to, to have to check out. So if you want to tell us a little bit about that right now, that'd be great. Yeah, so I'm actually in the – we just developed a SEO course uh, right now, it's currently in production. Um, so if you are interested in learning more about SEO, how we strategize on SEO, how you can look at your website and how you uh, can look at your competitor's website, how you're stacking up, um, go ahead and get to Blitzdrive, B-L-I-S-S-D-R-I-V-E, uh, and, uh, and forward slash training. Um, and we will have a the SEO course. You can sign up. You can have it there, um, and we will send uh, a first course, first class to you uh, when it's launched. Okay, great, wanna, great. So, yeah. So, and if you want to have my class training, I got you. Yeah, exactly. And then if you want myself to kind of review your website, 
uh, to see where the opportunities are. I'll be happy to set up a call with you as well. And then you can just go to blissdrive.com uh, and, and reach us. And there's uh, forms and phone numbers on there. Yeah. What I, what I like about your website, if I can just, um, you know, go back to the website critique stuff that I used to do back in the day, and I would fight with clients over this, and I'm glad you get it, is you have a phone number prominently displayed. Now, I haven't dialed that number, so I don't know exactly where it goes. I don't know if that's your cell phone or if it's like your Ring Central account where it goes through a decision tree or whatever it is. But just the fact that there's a phone number there raises the credibility of the business immensely. Uh, one, of my, one of my own clients who mostly sells uh, online coaching and information products in, in one particular niche, he has, he's in several niches, but this one in particular, said, oh, well, why is my website, why is my phone number on the upper right-hand corner? In other words, the, the phone number of the customer service department. Why, why is that up there? It's just taking up space. I said, you're the owner of the business. Uh-huh. I supervise your customer service team. I have an awareness of how many people call that number because they're trying to figure out which one of your courses they want to buy. And as a result of somebody calling them back, they end up spending you money. You just see the new order notices. You don't see what's behind it. So, yeah, you want to take that phone number down, uh, you're going to start paying me bigger fees because I'm going to have less confidence in the cash flow liquidity of your business. That's how much it matters. So I want to commend you yeah. on this website, blitzdrive.com, and I do encourage people to visit it because just by example, they can discover a few things about uh, effectively positioning your content and your conversion factors to drive people closer to your own brand. So please check that out. And also, everybody, listdrive.com forward slash training is where you're going to find Rich Fong's course. So, Rich, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and an education. Hey, I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on the show. You bet. You bet. For everybody listening, this is Adam Homie, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please be sure to check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com, where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.